Hello and welcome to Mother Mother, a new podcast from the mom friends you need right now, because this shit is hard. I'm your host, Emily Ferris, a writer and married mom of two in Kansas City, Missouri. While Mother Mother is technically a parenting podcast, this is not a podcast about kids. It's a podcast all about the experience of being a mother. And this is the 10th episode, so I wonder if I now need to stop calling it a new podcast. Anyway, if you want to continue the conversation after the episode, or if you have an opinion on whether or not this is still a new show, you can join us in the Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash Mother Mother Podcast, where the password is tired. You can also find more information on the show and my guests at mothermotherpodcast.com. Speaking of guests, I am very excited about today's. And I basically just created my own version of her podcast so I could talk about products for 45 minutes. So let's get to it. My guest today is Dori Shafrir, host of the beloved Forever 35 podcast. She is also the author of Thanks for Waiting, The Joy and Weirdness of Being a Late Bloomer, a memoir that came out in June. 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 Mm -hmm. Yeah. Dory, thank you so, so much for being here on Mother Mother. I am so happy to have you. Oh, my gosh, Emily. Truly, the pleasure is mine. Ah, So excited. And a little bit nervous because you are like a podcast superstar. So I'm like, oh, my oh God, God, I'm interviewing Dory. Oh, I'm interviewing no. Dory. It's like interviewing Obama. It's like it's like Obama's <laughs> Michelle Obama. It's it is like, exactly like interviewing Michelle Obama. You yes. are basically the Michelle Obama <laughs> of the podcasting world. Don't tell Kate I said that. I don't know if you remember this. But you and I met at a public pool in Brooklyn. Okay. I I remember that that is how we met because we have talked about this. Yes. I cannot say for 100% certainty that I remember the actual meeting. However, was it at the Red Hook pool? I don't remember what pool it was at because I was nannying at the time and I drove a minivan there. So I didn't take a train. So like my whole New York experience is based off what train I took where. I bet it was the Red Hook pool because that pool was kind of out of the way. I think I, if I recall correctly, I probably rode my bike there. You probably went there to be like, God, no one will recognize me here. (laughs) And then you were there with Emily Gould and I was like, hey, I know you. I bet it was the Red Hook pool. But um, anyway, yeah, I mean, that was a gajillion years ago. It was a lifetime ago. Yeah. And in that lifetime, you talk about in your book, and I know you don't look back on it with the the fondest uh, <laughs> lens all the time, but I loved reading about that time in your book because I feel like now it's my new tagline. I say, I'm from the old internet. Totally. We are from the old internet. I mean, people ask Kate, you know, my Forever 35 co-host and I, how we met. And the answer is we met on Tumblr in 2008. So, I mean, that is old internet at this point. At the time, we didn't think it was old internet. We thought it was new internet, of course. It was Web 2.0 at the time. Right. It was Web 2.0. But yeah. now it's like ancient internet. So ancient that Gawker like died and has been resurrected. Yes. Which is exciting, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Very exciting. Um, So it really was a lifetime ago. And now we have these very different lives as mothers and podcast hosts and authors Mm -hmm. um, and people trying to be active on the new internet, which is fucking exhausting, by the way. Tell me about it. So exhausting. Like, uh, I tried to do TikTok for a while and I just, I can't. Oh, I, I, I mean, I have a TikTok account so I can lurk on TikTok, but I have never made a TikTok because 
it, it's just it's it's too much. It's a bridge too far, Emily. It really, really is. Like I am putting myself out on so many mediums right now. It's just another. I just can't. I cannot do it. Exactly. I cannot anymore. I enjoy it though. I enjoy watching TikToks. I've learned a lot, but I personally do not feel compelled to contribute to the TikTok discourse myself. Same, partially because there is no way that I am going to compete with these like totally nineteen-year-olds and twenty-year-olds making brilliant content. <laughs> totally, they are so smart. I mean, not to make this all about TikTok, but like there are some, you know, Gen X TikTokers, and then there are the ones who are like the parents of the Gen Zers, and I'm like, oh, you're my age. Like, I just happen to have a two and a half year old because I had a child when I was almost 42. But these people have like 20 year olds. And I'm like, this is confusing. <laughs> it's also confusing to me. I just can't. I can't. You know, I actually did have one video go somewhat viral on TikTok. And it was a video of my baby scaring himself with a fart. Oh, I remember this. It was a really fun video. But I just I can't I can't compete with a baby fart. No, so you can't. I'm you, done. And, you, and it's good to go out on a high note. It is. It, yeah. Like a mid, mid-range note. Yeah. What it, was. it was a mid-range <laughs> part there. Um, so it really was a lifetime ago when we met. The new internet is exhausting. But more exhausting even than the new internet was lockdown. Mm. So I want to hear about your lockdown as a mother who was also trying to work and who also launched a daily podcast Yeah, when we went into lockdown. I was like, there's, I can't do anything else. And you're over here like launching an extra podcast every day. So well, tell me, like, what led to that decision? So we launched that podcast, which was called Here For You. And when I say we, I mean Kate and I. Um, we were getting, it was like, it was March. We were getting so many questions about COVID and people wanting to talk about COVID. And we were also freaked out. And it was almost like we needed that daily therapy of us talking to each other and like working through our feelings. And it was really, really great. But we were always like, this will just be for our four weeks of lockdown. Oh. <laughs> and, then, and then it just seemed like it was going to go on indefinitely, which it has. And so I think we ended it after two months. We were like, this has served its purpose. We're really glad we did it, but we can't. We can't keep doing a daily podcast. What? No. <laughs> like, no. What, what were we thinking? Um, so, yeah, I mean, as I just alluded to, I have a toddler. He is now two and a half. He'll be three in, at the end of April. So I don't math. How old was he when we went into lockdown? So he was 10 and a half months. Okay. When we went into lockdown, he was a baby. He was still a baby. He couldn't, he wasn't walking. Um, he wasn't talking like he was a baby and now he's like a like a kid it's bizarre yeah we were well i should say i was fortunate in the sense that my husband works in television and his set shut down as soon as lockdown started i mean they i think they didn't shoot maybe one episode like they were almost done anyway with their season of shooting so he had been he was going to be going on hiatus anyway, and it just turned into an ex a bit of an extended hiatus. Um, so he was home and not working. And then we also had childcare, which was unexpected, but really lucky. Our nanny was, you know, a single 24-year-old woman who lived alone 
in Los Angeles and she wanted to keep working. And we were like, great. (laughs) Yeah, that's the dream. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, I think we were in a unique situation in that we had already had full-time help. We were, you know, fortunate enough to have full-time help. And obviously all of this was a huge privilege. But in that sense, the childcare aspect of lockdown was not the same as I think it was for a lot of people whose kids had been in school who obviously didn't have a full-time nanny because their kids were in school. (laughs) And like I didn't have to deal with Zoom school or any remote learning stuff. So in in some ways, having a child my son's age was ideal because he didn't really, like not that much changed in his life. If anything, we were just home more, which was great for him. Now, fast forward like a year and... I was like, oh, he's he's not talking. Oh, shit. <laughs> and um, yeah, so like a month before he turned two, I reached out to our regional center because I was like, I would like him to have an evaluation because I think he has a speech delay. And they were like, he very much has a speech delay. <laughs> um, Gotta so, get that baby a podcast. I mean, get him a <laughs> podcast, get him like some interaction with anyone besides his parents and his nanny. Yeah. Um, we would, we had these, um, cause you have to do like the speech evaluation, the OT evaluation, but like there's a million things and you have to have like a conversation where they sort of try to figure out like why your child is speech delayed. And the person was like, yeah, there's no, like she was, she was basically like, there's no smoking gun. The only thing that, I can say is it's probably because he wasn't around. He hasn't been around other kids. Now I have seen on Instagram, which is the main source of my parenting knowledge. I've seen, I've seen speech language pathologists be like, that has nothing to do with language development. And I know kids his age whose language development was fine. And they also did not see other children. So who knows, but Dory, were you not reading to your child? You voracious (laughs) reader and writer. You know, what's funny is we were not giving him screen time. And when he turned two and we started talking about his speech delay, I do another podcast with my husband called Matt and Dora's Excellent Adventure. That was about our IVF process that led to Henry's birth that has now kind of just, we just like keep doing it. I don't really know why. Anyway, someone wrote in and was like, you have to have him watch Miss Rachel on YouTube. And I was like, what? And she has this channel called Songs for Littles. And it's basically like, I don't think she is a like a licensed speech language pathologist, but I think she's taught like baby music classes and it's all about like learning to talk. And that legit helped him. <laughs> so screen time is a good thing. Yeah. Moral of the story. Moral I'm not a licensed story. child psychologist, but I'm going to say moral of the story is screen time is great. No, totally. I'm like, oh, m- like legit. Maybe we should have been giving him more screen time because he he still watches it. And now he's talking like totally fine. But um, it was just it was interesting. It was very interesting. I mean, my baby was four, we- three weeks old when we went into lockdown and he got Lots of 
unanticipated screen time. I'm sure. Because I didn't I didn't know I was going to be stuck at home. Of course. We, we didn't yeah. have a nanny. We like my my in-laws who usually helped us out. They were older and my mother-in-law worked in a hospital and we were like, there's, you know, we yeah, no way we're no closing way. our doors. It's just yeah, us. Totally. So he watched a lot of TV and I felt bad about it. But now your story makes me feel less bad about sticking my infant son in front of a giant screen. Yeah. I mean, Look, if if you were having him watch like violent R-rated movies, I would be like, mm, maybe maybe that's not the best screen time. But like, I assume you were vaguely supervising what he was yes. watching. And like, I think so many of these, you know, kids shows and toddler shows, like they really do help kids learn how to talk. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's just it, it was it was an illuminating experience for me, for sure. I bet. I bet. So you were able to do keep doing the podcast, add on an extra podcast because you had childcare, which is amazing. And your mm -hmm. husband was um, out of work, which isn't amazing, but it's good that he was safe until he went back to work and did get COVID, right? Yeah, but not from work. <laughs> oh, you thought he got it in like a Target or something, right? It, we don't know where he got it. He he either got it at a grocery store or at a guitar center. My, I mean, oh, guitar center. I remember that. No offense to guitar center, but my money is on guitar center. Okay. All right. I'm All just right. saying. Um, yeah, he got it over there like holiday break because he had gone back to work. They finally started production up again, I think in September. And they were super strict with protocols. And he was super like paranoid, like, didn't want me taking Henry to the park. Our playgrounds were closed. Like he didn't even want me taking him to like run on the grass in the park. And then over the holidays last year, um, he had gone to like the grocery store and there was like one day where he went to guitar center and then he got COVID and he hadn't been at work for like two weeks. So there's no way that he got it at work, but he worked for a couple of days before that his positive test came back and no one else on set got it. Wow. Okay. I'm with you. Guitar Center. Yeah. So you you were lucky in many – I know it, the pandemic sucked for everyone and lockdown sucked in, its, in different ways. But you were lucky that you for had sure. the child care and that yes. your husband was home. Did you find that you were able to maintain a lot of your self-care rituals? Because your, your podcast, Forever 35, is mm -hmm. about self-care and kind of specifically started, though it's evolved, started as – skincare and serums and has yep 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 were you able to maintain um it it definitely ebbed and flowed i was also working on a book which you know you are also working on a book right now <laughs> and, yes i am and even though i had childcare and i was very fortunate in that regard i was still kind of like overwhelmed by the existential dread of <laughs> living in a pandemic and I found it very hard to get motivated to write. Um, so that was challenging for sure. There was a period where I was like, my self-care is I'm, I'm going to make sure to like go outside and walk every day. And I did that for a while. And then I kind of stopped and like, there would be days where I just like, didn't leave the house at all. And that got kind of depressing. Um, did you continue to shower regularly? Because I used to shower like showering and brushing my teeth would be a thing that I would do in the morning mm -hmm. before I would leave. And like at yes. some point, when you have a new baby, you're not very good at that anyway. Right. He was three weeks old. And there would be days where I would be like, oh, shit, it's four o'clock and I haven't brushed my teeth because it was like part of my habit to like brush my teeth before I leave the house. Totally. Totally. Well, so I, I'm 
I'm a little murky on the exact timing of this, but there was there was a period where I was like, because I had also always been someone who washed my hair every day, like before I went to the office. And then when I stopped working in an office, um, when I started doing Forever 35 and writing full time, I was like, I'm going to train my hair to like not need to be washed as much. But what ended up happening was I got like folliculitis on my scalp, um, which is basically like zits on your scalp and on my hairline because I think I wasn't washing my hair enough. And can confirm that happens because I trained my hair a long time ago. And yes. That, yeah. And that I was just like, this sucks. Like, I guess I'm just a person who needs to wash their hair more frequently. So I did try, I did try at least like after exercising, <laughs> like definitely wash my hair. Hey, but you were and, exercising. That's good. Uh, I mean, sometimes. Um, and then, yeah, I tried to shower every other day, which at least, which like, didn't always happen, but I tried to make that happen. I feel like for a parent of a small child who is hosting multiple podcasts and writing a book in a pandemic, every other day is like rock star shower frequency. But that was because I didn't want zits on my head, Emily. Oh, yeah. I just put up with zits on my head. I was like, <laughs> I think if they had just been on my scalp, I would have been like, okay, whatever. But they were on my hairline and the ones on my hairline were the really painful ones. Oh, yeah. You know, and... I would try to pop them, which like did not go well for anybody. And it was just becoming kind of a nightmare. So I had to take matters into my own hands. Fair. So now are you back to washing your hair every day? Um, Not every day. I would say like every other day. It usually corresponds with like when I work out. Um, so like I didn't work out all weekend. So I hadn't showered since Friday. And then I worked out this morning for this podcast and my hair is wet. I showered. My hair is still wet from last night. So I, I washed it for the first time in a week. I found there were a lot of rituals, not even rituals, just self-care practices that I let go during the pandemic that I haven't picked back up yet. Like I used to get a regular Manny and Petty and now like my feet are gross and my nails. Oh, are, yes, yes, yes. I'm just back to picking my cuticles and you totally. know trying to keep them short. Um, I used to also get I know I'm like really privileged that I was able to do this, even if I sometimes went into debt to do it, a two-hour massage at least once a month. Ooh, I know. Wow, that is awesome. My back first went out when I was 19. So technically it is oh, medical. Shit. It is medical for me. Um, and when – this was in July of 2020, I guess. Um, I was putting Charlie, my baby, laying him down in his crib, and I tweaked my back and I did something and I couldn't even stand up straight. I like couldn't I... be fully vertical. And so I – for the first time, broke my quarantine to go see my massage therapist. And I got there and learned she had gone full on QAnon. Oh, no. Oh, oh yes. Dear. I know. Um, so I haven't like gone back to regular massage since then. So no manis, no pet. I've gone in for one mani and petty since we went into quarantine. And I during lockdown, I did have someone come and cut my hair on my front porch twice. And I've gone for one haircut. But I have gone back to fully dyeing my hair myself like I did back when I was super poor, 20-something in New York. And I just – there's so many things I just don't do anymore. Mm -hmm. And I wish that I cared enough or felt like I could make the time to do them. Yeah. But I just can't make myself do them anymore. Yeah. Do you have any of those? Well, I I got – I got a mani-pedi around my birth. My birthday's in May. I got a mani-pedi around my birthday um, 
because that was like when things were starting to open up here. And I was like, okay, like, great. And I got it. I think I got an infection from the pedicure. So (gasps) I have not gotten another pedicure since then. I did just get one manicure like two weeks ago. That was the first manicure I'd gotten since May. And I used to go, that was a a weekly thing for me, a, a weekly manicure. I would get one and I would get like a monthly pedicure. So yeah, so that has stopped. I, you know, I also used to love to get massages, haven't had a massage, haven't had, you know, facials, like all of that kind of like spa grooming stuff or self-care or whatever. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't done any of that. I mean, I'm saving money. So that's good. I was thinking about that yesterday. I think I don't buy clothes. I don't buy purses. Yeah. I don't buy shoes. I don't get my nails done. Mm-hmm. I don't get my hair dyed. <laughs> I did start going back to the hair salon, though. I didn't go for like a year, and I just didn't get my hair cut. And then my hair got really long, and I was like, oh, I kind of like it. So that was kind of fun. <laughs> I dyed my hair pink at one point during oh. lockdown, and then I realized I didn't love it because I had I didn't fully bleach it. I just tried to like dye the bottoms pink and it wasn't as intense as I'd liked. So then I mm. bleached it like seven times to get all of the pink out. It was just overtone. And um then I fried my hair. So I had to had to get a haircut. Though I did mm. oh one time I gave myself I gave myself really bad bangs at one point, which Oh dear. Which I I uh regret. But you know, it happens. You get bored, you give yourself bangs. It's a it's a ongoing story of my life since I first held a pair of scissors. So do you feel like there was one thing, and maybe it hasn't happened yet, but that one thing, self-care ritual or skincare routine or something that you started doing that made you feel like you were starting to come back and be you again after being in lockdown? Mm, good question. I mean, haircuts for sure. Like when I got my first my my first lockdown haircut, I was like, oh yeah. And also like the ritual of going to the salon was something that I had really missed. So that was that was great. You know, one thing that I haven't done since lockdown is I haven't gone to any like I haven't gone to the gym. I haven't done any group fitness classes. I have a Peloton. And so exercise used to be more of a communal thing for me. And so I would like to get back to doing like a yoga class, but I just haven't. I mean, I know that wasn't your question, but I'm just kind of thinking about (laughs) like the things that are like old me that I stopped doing that I'm kind of doing again. And it's funny because I have some new things, which is I started playing tennis during lockdown and that has been amazing. And I've like met people through tennis and I've gotten better at tennis. And that's been like a form of self-care that I just like, if you had asked me two years ago, are you going to be playing tennis regularly? (laughs) Like, what are you talking about? Um, So that's been, that's been really great. It's outside, it's social, you know, it's, it's good exercise. Now, did you play tennis as a young person? Because I tried to do it once as an adult and I just like couldn't, I was just like floppy wrist. Like I couldn't even. I did take tennis lessons as a, as a kid um, and like played at camp, but I was never very good. Um, But I, I knew like the basics, but then when I went to take, I took, I, you know, I take tennis lessons now and my instructor was basically like, okay, you're 
your strokes are like how they used to teach in the 80s. This is how this is how strokes are now. <laughs> and he like showed me this like completely different stroke. And I was like, oh, OK. <laughs> so that was kind of funny. Wow. Um, but t- yeah, tennis has been great. That's so good. It's good that you have something to take you out of the house and something that's physical. I do worry that my kids are going to just think I don't have any interests. Like, I think it's important for kids to see their parents mm. enjoying their work and having interests and having a social life. And that's, obviously, my kids see that I work a lot, but they don't, yes. I'm not like doing things. That is such a good point and something that I hadn't really thought of, but that's such a, that's such a good point. Um, yeah. I mean, Henry definitely, he knows I work. He knows I work in mama's office, but like this, like this is my life. Like, you know what I mean? Like my I, professional I know exactly life what you mean. is like just here, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is kind of wild. Yeah. So. I, so I've mentioned on earlier episodes that I built this little shed. I didn't build it. I had someone build me this shed. It looks great. Uh, thank you. I love it. And now in the mornings I get up and I, I still don't shower every day, but I get dressed and I put on makeup and I come to work. It's like a 60 foot walk across our yard, but it's like I go to work in the morning and that has been life changing for me and like not stumbling into my office right off the kitchen, still in my pajamas, haven't brushed my teeth. Like I'm brushing my teeth every morning, which feels like a huge accomplishment Mm -hmm. after nearly two years of waiting till four o'clock and saying, oh shit, my mouth is disgusting. I need to brush my teeth. Um, Well, speaking of getting dressed, before we go to break, Dory, I have a very important question for you. Yes. What are you wearing? <laughs> right now? Yeah. Um, I am wearing a black Madewell V-neck t-shirt and a pair of black leggings and um, my L.L. Bean Wicked Good slippers. And I was wearing a sweater, the one of the Rachel Comey for Target sweaters, but I was too warm and I took it off. Are you wearing a bra? I am wearing a bra. Hey, that's great. That's like a real get up and get your day going. You know, I that's so funny because my bra journey over the pandemic has been interesting, too. So when the pandemic started, you know, as I said, my son was 10 and a half months old. I breastfed him till he was like seven months old, like breastfed and pumped. And when the pandemic started, I was like, fuck this. I'm not wearing bras, but I have a pretty I have like double D boobs. So like having them like not wearing a bra at all is kind of actually uncomfortable. So I was like, I'm just going to get bralettes. So I got all these bralettes and like didn't wear a real bra for over a year. And then I was finally like, I just, I just need to get a bra. (laughs) But like, I didn't know what size I was. I did one of those virtual bra fittings with someone at Nordstrom and find out, found out what size I am and like bought some new bras. And that was actually great. Did the virtual, it, they helped you find a bra that actually, that you like that fit you well and held in the places you want to hold it? Yeah, they, it was amazing, actually. Like, she sent me a huge box of bras and was like, keep the ones that you want and then you send back the rest. Oh. It was like, it, it was it was awesome. It was so cool. I mean, now that I have my booster, I could probably, I've been having, I've talked about it a lot. Like, I've been having a lot of problems finding a bra for my small post-breastfeeding boobs. Mm. Now that I have my booster, I should just go do a bra fitting. I just feel like you're very close to someone's face when they're measuring you and helping you in a bra. That just seems like a little too close. Yeah. I, you know, I have to admit, I was skeptical of the virtual bra fitting because I was like, really? Like, how's this going to work? But she nailed it. Okay. So 
I don't know. You could always give that a shot. I might have to try that. Yeah. All right. All right. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. All right, we're back. My guest is Dory Shafrir, host, co-host of the Forever 35 podcast, author of the memoir, Thanks for Waiting, The Joy and Weirdness of Being a Late Bloomer, in which she details uh, life in the old inter- on the old internet, which I love. <laughs> and uh, Dory, you're also writing a column called The New Age for InStyle, mm-hmm. and it's twice a month. Yes. So I write one column and Kate Spencer writes one column and it's really geared towards women in their 40s and older. That reminds me, you were recently talking about red lipstick and you said you don't feel like you can wear or apply red lipstick on your own. Mm -hmm. And did you attribute that to your age or have you always felt that way? I've always felt like I've never successfully like really pulled off red lipstick on my own. For some reason, it always like I always felt like it didn't look right on me. Well, when you go into it with that attitude, it's going to you're going to have that result. (sighs) Emily, you're right. (laughs) I actually learned a tip in the Forever 35 Facebook group way back when, um, back when it was mostly skincare talk. And I don't remember who shared it and who they shared it from. So I've always used to do like very clean red lipstick with a clean line. Mm -hmm. And somebody shared this tip about blending the edges of your red lip with an eyeshadow brush, just kind of like softening it a little. And I started doing that. And I like, I also kind of layer my colors a little. I have some colors that have all been discontinued and I layer them. That's fun. Um, But the blending has really made me feel less like, um, I don't know, I felt very harsh as I got older with the red lip and now it feels much softer. Mm -hmm. So I recommend. Oh, I love that. Trying that. So speaking of Forever 35 and skincare and makeup and self-care, I have found since becoming a mother that I am using a lot of products intended for babies. Mm. And I like it. Mm-hmm. One in particular, uh, diaper cream. I talked about my butt a lot last week, so I'm just going to I'm going to go there. Um, I am obsessed with the Walita Zinc Diaper Cream. Okay. I think it is like the best cream for any rash on any person, any age. Mm. And I have also found that in the summer when things get a little sweaty, it is also a good moisture block for an adult ass crack. <laughs> wow. Okay. That is a hot tip because... You know, full disclosure, the other day, my adult ass crack was feeling a little sore and I didn't have anything on hand. So I I think you do. Well, I guess, is Henry still in diapers? Oh, he sure is. Okay. So so yeah, diaper cream. Gosh, I can't even, I can't believe that I didn't even think about that. Thank you. You're welcome. So then I realized I um, am not not quite back to the uh, taut abs I had before. I'm kidding. I have never had taut abs. But I did have two C-sections. Oh. And especially when it's warm under like my C-section scar, oh. I get a little sweaty. So I've been putting that diaper cream oh. there. And it also prevents it from getting like sweaty and itchy. Oh, wow. Okay. I also used it when I ran out of deodorant this summer. Wow. It is really all purpose. It is really, really all purpose. I am obsessed with it. And I know I've done a lot of research on this because I'm very pale and have sensitive skin and I can't use chemical sunscreens. 
But if you're ever in a pinch for sunscreen, you can use diaper cream because it has zinc. And it's not the same like nano zinc particle that is in sunscreen. So it's not something that you should use all the time. Yeah. But I... When my both of my sons were babies, they say no sunscreen before six months. I just mm-hmm. put diaper cream on them. Wow, that is a hot tip. My son is also sensitive to chemical sunscreen, so we're a mineral family now. Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> so, do you have any baby products that you use? Well, it's kind. I feel like it's kind of a, a cop out, but Aquaphor. My son, like me, has eczema, and I just I got Aquaphor for his eczema and then I got it so he sucks his thumb which is kind of he's doing it less and less now but for a long time he was sucking his thumb with one hand and then the other hand was like playing with his ear Mm -hmm. and he would play with his ear so much that he got like a cut on his ear and it would not heal and so I would just like slather aquaphor on it he also once got a cut like basically on his like on his forehead like where his third eye would be (laughs) like he's just you know he's gotten like just like mangled <laughs> in various ways. Charlie is a thumb sucker and also will get a little cut kind of there between. His yeah. yeah. Um, and so I would just slather some aquaphor on. And then I was like, oh, I need to get some like and I was taking it from his room and using it on myself. And then I was like, I'm just I just need to get a tub of this for myself. So, I mean, aquaphor isn't I guess isn't like technically just it's not like a baby product, but I had sort of forgotten about it until um, Henry came along. Well, there actually is a baby version of Aquaphor. It just costs a dollar more than the regular version, no matter what size you buy. Have you noticed that? Yeah, fuck that. <laughs> like, no. There are some of these products. There are there's some Avino products. There's Aquaphor. So there are these products that are marketed toward babies. And the ones that are in the baby aisle that just have like a little blue cursive baby on it cost a dollar more. <sighs> It's like when you have a wedding and you rent a space or hire a caterer, like if you're just renting a space or hiring a caterer for a normal event, you pay $5,000. And if you're you're doing it for a wedding, they charge you $10,000. Totally. Yes. Yes. But I I get it because, I, I mean, my first year of motherhood, I spent more money than I probably spent in the 10 years before that combined. I was willing to throw money at anything and everything that would that would solve any problem because I was so tired. Yes. I was just like, take my money. So the brands clearly, <laughs> they get that. They know. Oh, yeah. They fully know. They know. Are there any other baby products that you use on yourself? I, you know, I, I, I have to say no. I'm sorry to, <laughs> to be disappointing. I know you have such access to adult products. I, I do. I do. And if anything, Henry likes to come. There's like this little um, alcove outside of our bathroom where I have all of my beauty products and skincare stuff. And he likes to come in and open them and like put them on his face. So if anything, he is using my products. That's really cute. I have to like, I'm always like, oh no, not that one. Like, like <laughs> Not the super expensive one. Don't use my Sunday Riley. Don't yeah. use my Tatcha. <laughs> not my Tatcha. Oh my God. Though you sent, when you sent me a copy of your book, I, I participated in your book party and you sent um, some Tatcha products or Tatcha. Yes. And I am obsessed with that oil cleanser. And it is like, I'm just Ugh. finally to where I have to pump extra hard to get it out. And I'm like, oh. isn't it so nice? Like, damn it, Dory. Now I have to buy this. I know. I'm sorry, but their products are just so nice. They really, they just feel glamorous. Like They do. That oil cleanser made me a person who washes my face every night. 
Wow. I was not a face washer every night. Okay. And I it just felt so luxurious that now I wash my face every night. Wow. Okay. So I have to buy it. I will take credit for that. You get, you get credit for that. I There's another baby product I love. What's that? I have started washing my body with the Cetaphil baby wash. Oh, okay. It smells so good. And I have never found a body wash as an adult that I love. Um, I kind of have bought like what's cheap or I'll buy something expensive and then not love it. And I find some things that I like really dry out my skin or mm. things that are supposed to be moisturizing. I feel like they don't clean my skin. Yes, yes, yes. But baby wash, like they know, like the babies like sit in poopy diapers, so they have to clean. Yes, yes, yes. But they're not drying. And I love the smell of this Cetaphil baby wash. And it's like $5. Mm. And I'm obsessed with it. That is a hot tip. You know, I never even thought about using my son's body wash. He uses Eucerin, um, like the Eucerin baby body wash shampoo stuff. Yeah. That is interesting. Yeah. Have you ever washed your hair with baby shampoo? No. What am I doing over here? I don't. You've like talked about your, like you've complained about your hair being fine and thin. Who else has fine and thin hair, Dory? Babies. Babies. You know, my my son has definitely has thicker hair than I do. It's like uh, I resent him for it. Your husband's kind of hairy, though, right? Yeah, but he doesn't have thick hair, huh. really. He has like kind of wavy hair. My my son's hair is like straight and thick. Mm-hmm. He also looks like he got like four hundred dollar highlights. <laughs> I am like... envious of my son's eyelashes. He has my older son has like the most Ugh. amazing eyelashes that we would all spend a lot of money on serums to get. Ooh. Do people send you baby products? So you are a person who like talks about products for a living. Do people send you fancy baby products? You know, they don't. I I I've actually like thought about this. I don't I don't talk about baby I don't talk about baby stuff a ton on social media. Um and I don't put I really don't put Henry on my grid. So I feel like that's kind of where that stuff would come from. I did get diapers from a company called Kudos that were really great diapers. They were like all natural cotton, blah, blah, blah. They were very, very nice diapers. Um, But generally, no, I don't get a ton of baby stuff. Okay. Well, let's talk about why you don't talk about baby stuff on social media that much or on the podcast. Um, the, The baby backlash. Do you want to talk about that? Oh, the baby backlash on Forever 35. Yeah. So, yeah. After So after I had Henry, we got some feedback from listeners who were just kind of like upset that I was talking about Henry on the podcast because they like wanted, they kind of wanted it to be like a child free space. Um, and this was kind of upsetting to me as a person who had like, A, like really struggled to get pregnant and B, who had like just given birth. Like I only took six weeks off and then I was like back on the podcast and it was kind of like, okay, well, this is this like huge thing that's happening in my life right now. Yeah. And I'm not talking about like, I wasn't talking about, you know, I wasn't complaining about him or talking about like the, his poops or something, you know what I mean? Like it was just, that's kind what of this like, podcast is for. Right. Exactly. Um. So yeah. So I, you know, I think that made me a little bit 
wary about talking too much about Henry on the podcast. And and also, you know, I am very, I try to be very mindful of like his own privacy and don't want to talk about it too much. I mean, we, Matt and I talk about him a little bit on Mandory's Excellent Adventure, but I feel like it's usually kind of like how you say your show is a parent, like it's for parents. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's about parenting. It's not about, it's not about the kids. Like we kind of talk about him in relation to like how we're navigating things, if that makes sense. Yeah. And yeah. So, you know, I guess I do try to kind of keep talk of him sort of contained. How did you like mentally and emotionally resolve that internally with your fan base and your audience just being like, stop talking about being a mom when it was this thing that was happening in your life? Like I would have been pissed. I mean, I, I feel like I understood where they were coming from, the people who were like, you know, upset about this. And, but I was also like, this is a part of my life right now. And like, if, if you don't like it, when I mention him, like we never, it wasn't like we were like devoting episodes to talking about. Right being parents um you just had a baby and i just people were so rude about it and i was just kind of like okay like i I don't know what to tell you if you don't like it there's like a gajillion other podcasts you can listen to (laughs) um so but the podcast is you and your co-host kate spencer like it is you guys talking about your lives and it's it was just i i also understand when people don't want to hear about that and i think before i became a parent i might have been a little like, Ugh, I didn't, you know, this isn't, I didn't come here to listen to people talk about parenting, but also it was your life and it was what was happening in your life. And you did, yeah. you went through so much to get there, to have mm-hmm. people be so negative about you talking about this big event in your life. It was, I was, I was pissed off on your behalf, but I also understand I am a, I've been a writer for 20 years. You know, I'm from the old internet. So I've been a writer for 20 yeah. years. Um, and I have kind of, built a brand on being um, irreverent and I curse a lot and Mm -hmm. I try to write a lot of engaging content. And when I became a parent, I couldn't help but write parenting content because like this is what was happening in my life. And so I have tried to kind of maintain this, you know, keep maintaining my voice, writing in a way I always wrote and incorporating parenting content. Mm into that like the i think the first parenting piece i ever wrote was for the cut and it was about beer and breastfeeding and like is it a you know is it a myth is it an old wives tale does it really help um but i also struggle with how much of my parenting life and not even just my kids cuz i do try to value their privacy and keep kid pictures to friends and grandparents mm-hmm. and not post them publicly but just like how much of my content to make parenting content. And maybe that's why this podcast is so good for me because it's kind of an outlet and a chance for me to explore those topics and talk to other moms. Totally. Um, And I've had some friends who don't have kids be like, I even read your parenting stuff. I like it. It's fun. And then um, I have this Instagram account that's been through, it's had many personalities and I would post cocktails and home decor. And anytime I would post something related to the fact that I had a child I would lose like 100 followers. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's fascinating. And now I'm just like, whatever, fuck it. I'm going to have a podcast and I'm going to talk to other parents and talk about parenting. Totally. And um, if people don't like it, they can go find 
other content to read and listen to. Yep. Dory, what are you what do you have coming up? What are you working on right now? Anything exciting? Um I'm starting I'm in the very 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 early stages of thinking about a new book. So I'm trying to like manifest that for 2022. It's like the thing where I I feel like I used to like not want to talk about anything that was in like super early stages and now I do want to talk about it because I feel like if I talk about it I manifest it a little yes. bit more. So I'm trying to talk about it a little bit more. Um, and otherwise, you know, you can just listen to Forever 35, listen to Matt and Dory's Excellent Adventure, follow me on Instagram, follow me on Twitter. I'm just at Dory. You must have gotten that so early. I got on Instagram early. Twitter, BuzzFeed ended up like getting me that name. But also it's a very like, not only is it a, a, an unusual name, but I, I, also, I also spell it weirdly. So it's like not, it's not like getting at Emily. Oh my God, I couldn't. There's too many Emilys all There's over the world. There's too many Emilys. Yeah. I want, now I want to find out who had I had a hard time getting Emily Ferris, but I got it. Okay. Before we go, any words of advice for me as I am parenting and writing a book and hosting a podcast? Do you have the time timer? No. Oh, you need to get this. Okay. So my husband has ADHD, which is like a whole other topic. Yes. And he recently got this, um, it's like a little, looks like a little alarm clock called the time timer and you can set it for any increments of five minutes up to 60 minutes it's basically the pomodoro method but it it has you like visualize the time and he has found that to be enormously helpful in terms of getting work done he was like really struggling um so to that i would just say break things down use the pomodoro method and get the time timer Thank you so much. I'm going to get myself a time timer and I will drop it in the show notes. I'll drop a link to it. Dory, thank you so, so, so much for coming on Mother Mother. I hope to have you back soon and I will drop a link to your book and your column and the podcast. So I'm sure everyone listening is already very familiar with Forever 35. Thank you so much for having me, Emily. This was so much fun. All right. We'll talk soon. Okay. Bye. Mother, mother, are you listening? Just a phone call to for the record, I have no idea if baby shampoo is good for fine thin hair, so no need to take my advice on that one. Also, I realized it sounded like I was sticking my three and a half week old baby in front of the TV. I was not. I mean, I was definitely sitting in front of the TV while nursing said baby, but I wasn't like plopping him down in front of it that young. I mean, I can't honestly remember how old he was when he started noticing the TV, but I've lost like all concept of time in the last two years and he's mostly fine. So like, who gives a fuck? Um, if you want to continue this conversation or school me on why baby shampoo is actually bad for adults, come on over to the Mother Mother podcast Facebook group where the password is tired. Anyway, thank you so much for listening to Mother Mother. If you're loving the show, please, please, please tell your mom friends either on social media or in real life. And please also rate and review Mother Mother on Apple Podcasts. The more people listen, the more time I can spend creating great episodes for you. And maybe also like sleep. I'd really love to get a real night of sleep sometime soon. In the meantime, I have linked all the articles and products we mentioned in the show notes, as well as Dory's books and her podcasts. She has two of each. And you can always find more information about the show and my guests at mothermotherpodcast.com where, yes, you can also leave me a voicemail. I'll be back next Tuesday with another episode of Mother Mother, so go ahead and hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. 
Our theme song, Mother Mother by Tracy Bonham, is performed by the amazing Jocelyn McKenzie with Harry Bowles. Bye. Mother, mother, can you hear me? Sure, I'm sober. Sure, I'm sane. Life is perfect. Never